Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. Well, President Cyril Ramaphosa is uh, this evening set to deliver the State of the Nation Address before a joint sitting um, of the two Houses of Parliament in Cape Town City Hall. This year's address also comes as the country is preparing to hold the national and provincial elections. Joining us now uh, to give us a summary of what's been happening in Cape Town leading up to the President's Address this evening is Ndebu Mugobo. Ndebu, good uh, afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. I was telling Bridget a bit earlier on that this is my first time covering SONA, well, in Cape Town. Um, at the City Hall. I've always done it at the Parliamentary Precinct, but now it's at City Hall. I get a sense that it's a bit different <laughs> from what we've experienced at, uh, at the Parliamentary Precinct, but what's your observation about the build-up to uh, the President's State of the Nation Address? Good afternoon, Aldrin, and good afternoon uh, to the listeners, and good afternoon to Brett. Uh, I, think, I think the build-up has been expected uh, that there's going to be an excitement. Everyone would want to hear what the president is going to say. Some people have been saying that, in fact, we're worse off than we were when he took over in 2019. I mean, uh, and and that can be evidenced by what is happening on the ground. I mean, you look at unemployment rate in South Africa, it's currently standing at around 32.7% as opposed to 29.3% in 2019. And, of course, if you look at immunite crime, uh, uh, the last time I checked, it was that uh, from 2012 to 2020, uh, 2012, 2013, uh, crime has increased by around 50 percent from then up until 2023, the last time I checked. Uh, so, so, so things have been worsening. And uh, you look at even the, the way uh, the, recruitment dri- the recruitment drive in terms of getting police officers on the ground, around 20,000 of them, we are told, have been recruited. But if you look at crime, it's mm. out of the window. And uh, unemployment, unemployment is rocketing. Uh, 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 whether we've done something really as a country to ensure that we safeguard our much-needed public infrastructure, it's, 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 it's shocking, in fact, to, 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 to understand yeah. that, I mean, the rail network, especially in the reef, uh, uh, the PWV region or Houting, to be in, uh, precise uh, that has been totally destroyed. I mean, at some point you, you grow up in Soweto, we had around 32 trains a day. I think we've got four trains today, and uh, many people at some point were not even forced to go and look for a job uh, because you would sell on trains, you would sell on uh, uh, platforms. People yep. were selling. People could fend for themselves, including yourself. Yes, including myself. Yep. Yes, and uh, I think um, people are looking at that and asking, "What is that that the president is going to tell us?" Okay. Uh, Brett, your reflection on uh, the past five years and also what you would say is the good party, the state of the nation is. Well, um, hi, Aldrin, and good, good afternoon. Um, the state of the nation for the, well, the, the this president's address and the final state of the nation address of his term of office would mm-hmm. usually be the opportunity to reflect on the, on the last five years, the promises and the commitments that were made, the, man, the, the mandate that was given to the governing party in 2019 elections and what has been delivered against those promises. And it's going to be quite difficult for the president, I think, to do that in this, elect, uh, in this um, SONA in a convincing way because for many of the, of the measurables, there's been a decline um, and the lived experience of South Africans will not be something that the president will easily convince us that we are better off than we were in 2019. Mm. Um, and so... I expect the president... Well, yesterday's report painted such a picture that we're much better off than what we were until we interrogated the minister, but... 
I think, look, I mean, reports and statistics, there's a, if you do sociology one, there's a book, How to Lie with, with Statistics. Mm. I mean, the, the lived experience, we have to accept the lived experience of South Africans is that um, the un unemployment is, is affecting more people, the high cost of living, the um, inflation rate, the, um, the, pov the le level of poverty is deepening and, and, and is becoming entrenched um, to, the, to the point where people feel trapped and hopeless. Um, so I think that you can put a report in front of us that says um, these measurables indicate that there's been some improvement. I think the lived experience of South Africans will mm. say something different. And if the president tries to persuade us that things have got better over the last five years, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that by extension also it is a reflection of the good party as being part of cabinet? Um, what would you say the good party's contribution has been to... Um, the worsened off uh, lived experiences of people. Does the good party say that, sure, maybe we should take a bit of accountability there too because um, our leader is part of cabinet? Our leader is part of cabinet in a tradition since 1994 where opposition leaders have always served in the cabinet. Yeah. We're not part of the coalition. We're not a coalition. Um, we serve in the government at the invitation of the president. And Patricia DeLille serves the people of South Africa. And I think as a cabinet minister, we can distinguish her performance in the two ministries that she's had to lead um, against many of the other ministers who um, have perhaps not led with the same level of enthusiasm, the same level, level of commitment, and the same level of uh, delivery and cleaning up. So we don't think that we need to take responsibility for the, the, the measurables that, have, that, have, that are, are showing decline. I think Patricia DeLille's record in public works um, in, in her term, the short term that she had there, she released more land in those two or three years than has been released since democracy mm -hmm. for, for land restu uh, restu restitution. In tourism, she's really driven um, the, the um, access to South Africa and the tourism recovery with great gusto. So I think she distinguishes herself as a cabinet minister, but yes, we serve in the cabinet. Yep, but the Bay Bridge uh, border fence, that was a disaster. Under her watch. Yeah, under her watch, but also all the reports, including the SIU report and the recent court judgment, yeah. cleared her. I mean, she was not part of the, the decision-making because she shouldn't be as a minister. Yeah. The, the procurement of the, the bridge is, um, as you know, uh, designed and uh, by the Department of Defense yeah. and procured by Public Works and Infrastructure, uh, and the ministers are not involved in that. Yeah, but it was a disaster, it was, and it was still under her watch because the thing is that had it been a success you wouldn't have had the same, <laughs> the same energy to counter that. No, the minister can't take uh, compliments or can't take uh, credit for the fence being A-class. Yeah. But what the minister can take credit for is reacting when she saw the fence, saw what, the, the, what, what, has, what was happening, stopped the payment to the service provider, asked the SIU to investigate, and got to the point yeah. where we now have an order for recovery of the funds spent. So the minister did what she was supposed to do, which is exercise oversight and leadership. Okay. And Deborah, just quickly, um, this for me is also a reflection about the opposition. Um, we now know that uh, the EFF is taking the decision by Parliament to set aside the Section 89 report on Palapala. Uh, to the Constitutional Court to have it declared irrational. What would you say about how the opposition has performed during the sixth administration? Well, I, it, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. I mean, uh, I, sometimes I feel that uh, the opposition is doing its part as, as, as an opposition, obviously, in, the, in, in Parliament. But I think a lot could be done, especially to, to make sure that you don't react because some of them it's like they're reacting after something has been done mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, 
stopping everything that is happening in the country that they feel it's not it, it, it's not supposed to have happened uh, for instance if you look at um, uh, 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 a crime for instance these are people who are within the community where this crime is happening and you ask yourself but what are they saying uh, uh, would excuse your your MPs or your ministers because they they get chaperoned by uh, police uh, taxpayers money they're protected by police 24 hours at some point even their kids are dropped at schools by these police officers but 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 the opposition uh, they, they should be they should be seeing and, and knowing those things happening yeah. they're not doing anything that I mean at some point even our ministers don't even know how much is a liter of petrol because they are chaperoned by I mean, public assets. They are chaperoned by state cars. Even their kids, they don't have to be uh, bussed out in the morning from the townships, from rural informal settlements to, to schools. They, they are dropped off at luxury schools with state cars. Mm -hmm. So I think the opposition has done whatever it has done, but at some yep. point I feel that uh, they really punch him below their weight. Uh, Brett? Um, the good party with the Palapala report you decided to abstain um, now that the EFF is taking this matter on review what's your take on it and th as the good party and uh, just again just a reminder why the good party um, decided to abstain instead of voting yes or no so we decided to abs abstain after we presented a proposed amendment yeah. to the um, to Parliament and the proposed amendment was that a decision may be deferred pending the the president's review of the Pala Pala um, yeah. uh, report. So the president had already initiated or indicated that he was taking the report on review, um, and we were presenting to Parliament that if Parliament was to decide yes or no, um, the the outcome of the of the review application would um, would be could be problematic because yeah. if the president was successful and we've said we're not taking it, um, we we are to, we are going to investigate. Or form a committee to investigate the president to impeach him, then then that committee work would have been redundant. And if we had voted to proceed uh, to to impeach the president and, and set up that committee, um, and the president was successful, then um, then that work would also have to stop. So so the um, our present. Our, our proposal was the most sensible proposal, which was to take a yeah. decision after the, the review. In, in hindsight, so what do you make of it? Because well, one, the president now is not going to, to take the report on review anymore. Um, and now you have the EFF that's saying that it wants Parliament's decision to be challenged. Well, the president may ultimately have to revive his, his review application if, if the EFF are going to revive or to, to launch an application to, to set aside the decision um, yeah. of Parliament. So I, I don't know what the president's move will be, but um, it's, a, it's unfortunate that he apparently abandoned that review application yeah. because now it gives the, the EFF the opportunity to come back and say that Parliament made a, took an irrational decision. Will you be supporting the EFF in this bid? I haven't seen the EFF's bid. I heard for, heard about it for the first time today, so I, I really don't know yet. I have to have to we'll have yep. to look. But we have a very clear position that the president should rev take the take the report on review if he feels that he should. That he feels it's wrong, yep. and once the outcome of that is decided, then Parliament should decide how to act. Does the good party believe that the president has a case to answer to? The um, there are certainly some aspects of the of the of the um, the story that requires some accountability, and we. On several occasions, called upon the president to take South Africans into their confidence right up front, so mm -hmm. that we we got the story before we got into this long, drawn-out um, legal reviews and and report. So we would have liked to have heard 
exactly what transpired mm-hmm. and how this cash ended up in um, being in a, in a sofa. Yep. But um, there are also some aspects of the Parlapara report that we also felt um, the, the president had a ground for review. Okay, thank you so much for your time. That is Brad Heron, who is a member of parliament from the Good Party and also in Deborah Mogobo, SABC senior reporter on reflections of the state of the nation ahead of the state of the nation address by the president that will be delivered.